0: Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? ¡Vámonos! Hello, hola amigas to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. I'm super excited today to introduce Linda Salamón Saldana. Okay, so let me tell you a little bit about Linda. Linda is a dear friend of mine and she's a civic leader and a nonprofit director and we're going to talk a lot about that and especially about her background in journalism. Now I decided to have Linda on during this time which you will be hearing this episode in October because it really is ripe It's a point that, as American citizens, ought to know our rights. Yes, the right to vote. And just to give you a little brief history, many of you might know and some might not know that a century ago, the 19th Amendment of the Constitution allowed women to vote. And it is super important for us to do that, especially, especially nowadays where there's so much conflict and we really need our leaders to step up. And we as Latinas ought to know that there are women out there that are paving the way of the future for us all and for our kids. And I'm excited that Linda is part of that movement. Now, I also want you to know that black women uh, waited nearly five decades to actually exercise their right to vote. Yes, women of color didn't immediately exercise their right to vote. You can imagine the reason why discrimination in all kinds of states and and as you know that it is super important that we as Latinas who are listening to these podcasts and other women of color or any woman who's listening to this podcast understand the importance of voting. And so Linda, now Linda is a candidate for the Downey Board of Education for Area 4. So this is why my interview here today with Linda is super important because if anything, Anything we put our minds to, anything can happen. Believe me, anything can happen. If you dream of being in politics, start now. Start reaching out to mentors. Start volunteering, whether it's at school, whether it's in your community, no matter where it is, start getting it done. We need more More women, we need more women of color out there who are paving the road for our future Latinas. And so I'm super excited to have Linda here. She's a dear friend of mine, and I can't wait for you to know more about her. And of course, you must vote. You must vote November 3rd in our general election and also in the smaller citywide elections. Okay, so please, please, please. Do yourself a favor. Do not just wait by the sidelines. Do not say, well, I don't know anything about this person. Well, guess what? Start learning about that person. Start engaging. Start reading up on what is out there, what they stand for. And believe me, once you find out what they stand for and it resonates with you, then make that decision and vote. Yes, we're in the pandemic. Yes, Some of you might be very, very scared to go out there and vote. But guess what? Let's use our caution. But we also have the ability to vote by mail. And I know there's a lot of controversy on on all that. But guess what? Just do it. Vote by mail if you're too scared to go to the voting booth. Because yes, you know, COVID is a big deal. But let's not forget that a century ago, we were given this right. We were given this right to vote. Women really suffered to get us this right. So please, please, please do yourself a favor and vote. Please go out and vote. And so now I'd love to turn my attention to my lovely, lovely, dear friend, Linda. Hello, 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 and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit. Today, we have my beautiful, beautiful friend, Linda Salomon Saldana, and I've known her for a couple of years. We've been together for a while because our kids attend Coburn School of Music, and even before that, our spouses are one of a kind because they finish their sentences because they grew up in the same neighborhood, <laughs> And their, their favorite words to say is back in the day. And of course, Linda and I connected with that because we were like, what do they mean by back in the day? <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you a little bit about Linda. Linda grew up in the city of Montebello. She graduated from Schur High School and then attended UCLA for two years. And then she transferred over to USC for another two years and graduated there. Fight on because she is my on sister, <laughs> USC Trojan. she uh, graduated with a degree in journalism. And in 1995, Linda's career in broadcast journalism began with KTLA and then KCBS, where she began focusing on investigative journalism. And Linda also worked for KNBC in 98 and then Telemundo in 2001 where she won two Emmys and a Golden Mike for investigative journalism. That's a big deal, amigas, a big deal. So then after being in journalism and doing a one-year uh, turn at, in L.A., Unified School District, she finally stopped doing all that and then started doing what she's doing today, which is some. Um, Epic and amazing things. She is a civic leader and a nonprofit director. And we're going to talk all about that. Like I said, she ha- she's married and she's got three kids three kids, one that attends elementary school, middle one, and the other one attends middle school, and the last one attends high school. They're all in the Downey School District. And now she is running for the Downey School Board of Education. So I want to get knee deep in everything and everything she's done. So I want to take it away and introduce Linda Saldana. How are you doing, my friend? Love you to death. Welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit. (laughs) Oh, my
1: goodness. Thank you, Jackie, for that intro. I'm like, wow, she really knows a lot about me. Oh um, yes, I do. <laughs> we do we know a lot about each other Yes, which we do. don't want to know right yeah. <laughs> no thank you thank you for that thank you for having me I think your podcast is amazing and you know it, it needs wide distribution of sharing that's what I say because it's it's a great conversation I feel like I'm hanging out and just talking and you know you could sit with a glass of wine and listen to this thing it's fabulous I love it I think we should. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, it's early in the morning. Okay, <laughs> wine, wine pairings. You could do like this podcast needs this wine pairing, oh. and then this podcast needs this wine pairing.
0: Of course. Yeah, oh my I'm god. I, I. You know what? You and I and wine. Oh my god. <laughs> Only if they knew. But maybe um, we'll do that in the future. <laughs> You never know. You never know. So Linda, please, please, please tell us what you're up to. What, what's going on? I know that we are not only knee deep in the pandemic, but you're knee deep into politics. And, but it didn't start there. So let's go back and let's begin how it all began. Okay. Well,
1: you know, I grew up in Montebello. I'm the middle child. I have an older brother, younger sister. Parents who had businesses. My mom always helped in the office and managed the money and did everything and was home and in and out. And my dad has had his postery shop. They were immigrants. They both did middle school and high school here. My dad's from Coahuila and my mom is from Guadalajara. We grew up speaking Spanish with my grandparents and just Very bilingual culture. You know, my dad basically was always in East L.A., my mom in Lincoln Heights. And I think just a very Southern California, L.A. life and growing up in the 70s and 80s, you know, walking home from school, hanging out, music, friends. And because of where we are, you know, in Montebello, Monterey Park, it was like it was either you were Asian or you were Latino it's just the area right and yeah. so it was was just it was diverse enough so it was really neat and then just culturally my parents you know we we lived a thankfully good life where they were able to travel with us and being business owners and there was flexibility and you know i can say i had a a lovely childhood my dad's an identical twin and so with my uncle and all my cousins, we were just, you know, always together, always to to the day where we're all still very tight. Very family oriented. Yeah. But I was always kind of, you know, the, the Metiche, the Mandona, got along with everybody, but you know, definitely a strong personality. And I just come from very strong people. My, my, I think my dad's family being Norteños and my paternal grandmother, I mean, she was just, you know, well, they both were both my grandmothers. They had a big influence on us. They took care of us a lot. We spent a lot of time with them. My biggest thing was always remembering my grandfather, my paternal grandfather, who, you know, for my family, it was very like, we came to this country to give you guys a better life. We came to this country so that you can get an education. We came to this country so that you can do more. And I remember my grandfather, every time we'd come home with the letter A on our homework or our test, he would give us a dollar. And my grandfather became a U.S. citizen when he was probably over 65, for sure. Nice. He would come home with his test because he did night school and he would have an A on his test and he would always show us how proud he was, Mm. you know. And granted. My dad and his two brothers, there was three of them, all went to Vietnam. They were all drafted. So imagine wow. you have this family who comes to this country to give their kids a better life, and then they have to give them to the war. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, they all came back. And it was, it was just a different time. You know, there was the East Delhi riots, whatnot. So it's funny, and I'm bouncing around, I'm sorry, but my father hasn't found his proud veteran voice. Until now, recently, in the past, I'd say about 12 years. Because before that, a lot of the Vietnam veterans, especially, they just didn't talk about it. You know, you came home, you put your head down, and you worked.
0: I can imagine all the trauma that they suffered. And it probably resonates today. Because if you don't work through it, it's tight. Yeah? Totally.
1: Totally. Absolutely. You know, my dad basically started... Finally, going to the VA, he would never go to the VA before. Yeah, and so it it was an interesting transition, more to the point where my father became president of the Garfield High School Vietnam Veteran Monument Committee, and they actually put a Vietnam Veteran Monument on campus at Garfield High School. They waded through the bureaucracy and the politics, and they raised the money. And there is this giant wall engraved with all of the students from Garfield High School who went to Vietnam, whether they lost their lives or they came back, but their names are on this wall. And now they're doing phase two and it's a whole other thing. But you can see where I can get sort of my of my course. civic involvement. <laughs> of course. Natural. Uh, yes. So my brother was a big influence. I, I mean, I knew we had to go to college, but I, I don't remember it. My brother... Graduated from high school and went to UCLA, and so I kind of went. All right, I guess I'm going to UCLA. You know, it wasn't like (laughs) I had that thing where my parents went to a certain school, and nor did nor were they the type who ever said like, "Oh, you should go to UCLA. Oh, you should go to SC Oh, you should go anywhere." My parents were just like, "Go to school." So I went to UCLA, and just a very big school, amazing school. Still have friends that I met there but i really really always wanted to do journalism. and so two years in i kind of said you know, UCLA's got a communications department, but it wasn't what USC had. so you know, again, kind of just doing my thing and saying, well, i'm going to do what i think i need to do and i applied and i got into the USC school of journalism. so mm-hmm. yeah. and and that was an amazing opportunity and you know the difference in schools and tactics and you know what you get with the private school is the networking and the sort of mentoring of okay now you need to do this they spell it out for you so it was a lot of now you need to go get an internship now you need to go to you know this internship and that internship and here's how you apply and you know, not even, I think nine months in, I got my internship at KTLA. And then from there, I applied for a paid internship at KCBS. And I was able to do so well there that they put me in, they basically offered me a job. So my last year at SC, I was working 36 hours at KCBS as an assignment assistant, assignment desk assistant. And, you know, a lot of it was people in the business saying, well, it was two things. One was they just said I had, an, you know, the work ethic and the common sense, because really that's what news is. Actually, there's three. The second thing was they kind of were surprised because all of a sudden it's like boom in Latinos. So you got to remember this is the early 90s and all of a sudden Southern California is turning around going, where did all these Latinos come <laughs> from? He used to have them, but they're not just in East LA anymore. You know, our schools
0: are full. What what, what's going on? What happened? What's going on? I know we there was just a handful of Latinos in college at USC. It wasn't like it is now. Right, right, (laughs) right. So I remember they would always be like, "Well, where do we find
1: these people?" Or "Where do we find a story about this?" And I'd be like, "Oh, let me call my tío." Okay, you want an interview? You got it. He works at here here, you know, and they were just like, Linda has all these connections. And I was like, "No, I just got a big family." <laughs> but it was just being able to move and adjust and figure out what we needed to do, right? It was it was common sense and and moving. So, from there, and then the third thing I was going to say is, you know, my maiden name is Solomon. So, a lot of people and in the business, assumed I was Jewish. And so they would always be like, oh, she's Jewish Latina, you know, let's give her kind of a, a... I mean, people held my hand and I got a lot of taking care of because of that, which I will always be grateful for. And I never denied, you know, heritage or anything. And it was a funny story at KCBS once is that it was around easter and i was going to go see a family for an interview and they had a bunch of kids so to sweeten them up i bought an easter basket and i had an easter basket on my desk and one of the sales people this i can't remember his name but he was you know this great and and he was jewish and he walks by and he's like what's a nice jewish girl like you doing with an easter (laughs) basket on your desk?" And I just kinda looked at him and I'm like, I'm not Jewish, you know. But actually my great grandfather was from Lebanon. So he went from Beirut to Mexico and they didn't know how to translate from the Arabic, so they just said, Oh, you're Salomon. (laughs) So I have a Lebanese Mexican background, but you know, my last name Salomon, it was just assumed I was Jewish. So it those were kind of the three things that really assumptions
0: help <laughs> you know sometimes they do sometimes yeah, they do, yeah. right
1: they do and you know an attestment to you know another culture too the just they didn't step down they didn't let anybody step on them and I did learn a lot oh I remember this one young well she's we're not young anymore but her name was Beth Lasky and she was Jewish and she was like came in and she was just a spitfire. And I'm not a very tall person. And she was probably up to my shoulders. She was petite and everybody was scared of Beth. (laughs) And I just, I remember just kind of being scared of her, but really admiring her Mm -hmm. and, and just a fast mind. I mean, it was like, Hey Beth. And she's like, boom, 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 boom. Here it is. There you go. And it was it was really, really neat. I mean, I think all of the experiences you get, right, make you grow so much. Huh. That was kind of, from there I went to NBC. And again, going into investigation was just sort of, I, I guess I've just always been able to kind of dig deeper. And it was sort of what I was naturally pulled into. And that's funny because I was thinking a lot about our Talk today, and a lot of times you think you know what you want, and you know there's a saying that God laughs when we make plans. Right. Because I was going to be a reporter, and I thought I'm going to USC. You know, you had to declare exactly what you wanted to do. I wanted to be a reporter. I have my reporter reel somewhere, you know, safe, and. I would be on camera and I would say, you know, the whole thing. And I was sending it to Texas and all over because you have to start in a small market. And I went to some interviews. I think I went to Bakersfield. I went to Laredo, Texas. I went uh, and I actually got a couple offers, but it didn't feel right. For one reason or another, it didn't work out. Right. And yet my career behind the scenes in L.A. was like shooting up and I was enjoying being behind the scenes and doing the investigation and, you know, giving it to the reporters and writing for them and writing pieces and going here, write this. And it was a little bit when I remember feeling that thought of I'm OK with not being a reporter. This is where I'm supposed to be. I'm good at it. It felt like a load off my shoulders. And I was twenty five at the time, maybe yes. twenty six.
0: You're a young um, one. Young, young, young.
1: It was, I was young. I mean, I remember I wouldn't tell people my age because I'd be working and they would, you know, they immediately would kind of blow me off when they realized how old I was. So that was a big deal. I remember I was very young in the newsroom and then I don't know if it's because I started so young. At one point I said, I want to go work at something different. And I got an opportunity to be the communications person at LA Unified for the facilities division. Again, we go into facilities and they kind of went, we don't know where all these kids came from, but we started the school year and there's, you know, (laughs) 45 kids in a class and they're sitting on the floor. We need to build classrooms. So they passed a big bond. They had this money. They started creating, you know, a big, modernization and building program for schools but they didn't have the media know-how so long story short i jumped into that i helped them with their messaging and telling the story i remember they bought the old fox 11 studio and they built that into a high school right off of the 101 freeway and so we did a big giant press conference and the whole thing and at the time ex Denver governor, or I should say Colorado governor, Roy Romer was a superintendent. And so, you know, we worked well, I worked with him and it was just always so important. And I, I really have always had that feeling of wanting to give back. I always felt like, and I realized really young that if I didn't feel like I was helping, I wasn't doing anything. I, I just, I needed to always help. That's when I felt best. And, and I'll say it selfishly, when I feel like I'm helping others, it gives me something so precious, even if it's a story to inform people or directly to one person, but it gives me something. And I, and I realized that working in news and then it got a little sensational because I got into doing sweeps. So I swapped over to LA Unified and after the initial like six months, I kind of went, oh. Oh, I don't think I can do this. It was just a lot of bureaucracy, and I was used to a pace, fast pace, yeah. And so uh, I lasted not even a year. I realized I had to get out of there. And then I had a friend call that I worked with at KCBS, Mary Helen Kampa, and she said, "Hey, we all moved over to Telemundo. Sony bought Telemundo, and they're pumping a bunch of money into Telemundo." I yeah. wonder why. I remember Back that. then, right? Back then. <laughs> Once again. Wow. We went from, I think, two TV Spanish-speaking stations at one point. It was Univision and Telemundo. And then it blew up to like 10. Yeah. At one point, I think there was more public Spanish stations than there were English almost. So, and it was funny because she goes, Linda, you speak Spanish, don't you? Like, she <laughs> didn't even realize I spoke Spanish. And so I said... Uh, because they kept thinking that you were Jewish. <laughs> so I I basically went over and spent the next 12 years at Telemundo from special projects producer to executive producer of special investigations to then even the assignment desk manager. And it was such a gratifying experience because why? I found a whole... A whole community a whole section of the population that would look to the news for information they would look to the news to see how do they navigate this new world that they were in and it i just found it so wonderful and the families that i would meet and being out there and it <laughs> it's funny. Cause then I got married around the same time and my, you know, my family are immigrants, but I'm, I'm first generation, but you know, my parents went to high school here and they spoke English. So it was very, I was much more Americanized. Yeah. Yeah. And marrying into my husband's family, you know, my in-laws didn't speak Spanish English. They were much older than my parents and it was Working at Telemundo kind of helped me navigate my in-laws. Yeah. <laughs> so and it, it Yeah. I mean I would honestly call up my mother in law and say like ¿Qué está pasando en Southgate, you know? Like what what uh, I to look for stories, you know, and I would have these conversations with her. It was so funny and she would be like Oh, well, you know, your, your father-in-law's upset about the water bill. And then he'd get on the phone and yell about the water bill. And then I would realize that the water was being charged at a much higher rate in Southgate and Cudahy than all the neighboring cities. Wow. Yes. And so we started investigating and getting information. I mean, so much stuff that nobody either knows how to complain or nobody says anything, you know? Latinos are not very common in our culture. No, and I think we as Latinos we tend to, you know, we care about our circle, right? right. We care about our family, our friends, my little world of what I'm into. ¿Y para qué me voy a meter? Yes. And and sometimes they just put their heads down and keep working and digging and and dealing with what they need to deal with. So Nobody ever stopped. They they never assumed. Oh, my water bill is much higher
0: here than it is somewhere else. Yeah, because they think um, it's all the same, right? They think it's all the same. Kind of like what happened in the city of Bell. I mean, what now? It's probably ten years ago, but yes. it's still forever implanted in the brain. Where the politicians, the government politicians, were stealing money from the city of Bell with the money. Yeah. So. It's not until there's that one person that starts digging deep that they realize, oh, there's the fraud. Ah. And then everybody, I, oh, I right. knew something was going on, but then you didn't speak up. You didn't do anything. So. Right. Hay que ponerle right. grana, Yeah. Yeah, you do. And, and know
1: cuáles son tus derechos. Yeah. Just bottom line. You know, a lot of times you don't, I didn't know I could complain about that or why should I? you know, my sister would tease me because she'd be like, oh, who are you, you know, what are you complaining about now? Or what are you, you know, (laughs) and it's like, well, no, that's not right. You know, someone's got to defend or speak up for yourself, too. Yo nunca me dejé. I was just always like that. Nunca me dejé. And so it was important for that. And anyway, so going from Telemundo and then having three kids, and you know, it was gratifying, but it was really wearing thin. Myself, my husband—you know, my parents would help me, but my husband—I honestly, it's hard to have that kind of a career and be a mother and be a partner and and be taking care of your home. I would leave and drop off kids at school at eight, eight fifteen. And then head into Burbank, and I would leave Burbank at six thirty, six forty-five, seven, getting home at seven thirty if I was lucky, to spend an hour with my kids, you know, and put them down to bed. So it was it was tough. And then in twenty thirteen, for I say fortuitously, they wanted to restructure the newsroom, and news was changing again. This is. Facebook was huge, and social media was starting to really determine the news. The news yeah. um, because they were realizing that people were going towards their social media accounts for information versus them. Right. So they restructured and they dissolved my position, and they said I could reapply for another position. And that's when I just said adios. <laughs> <laughs> and and so. Then it was unbelievable because it's 2013. I have three kids, a third grader, a first grader, and a one-year-old. I've never been home. I've never taken care of my kids by myself seven days a week. You know, I was like, oh, I've got to make dinner. And... (laughs) (laughs) And I remember Aaron, my oldest, being this little eight-year-old third grader, kept looking at me and going, Mommy, when are you going back to work? (laughs) Mommy, when are you going back to work? Because I guess I was, you know, he didn't like the way I was doing it. Or, you know, Abuelita and Wito would let them watch TV and do whatever they want. And then here I come. It's like, oh, no, that's not how this is going to happen. Oh, yeah. So it was. Actually, it ended up being a much more difficult transition mm-hmm. that I had expected. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Being home was way tougher. First of all, all of our disposable income was gone because I used to make a lot of money. You know, my husband had the business, so I was doing all the office side. And it was tight because we were still with a young business. I had three kids to take care of in our home. And I was feeling unfulfilled Yeah, and I couldn't understand why I was so mad cleaning the house yeah. because I kept saying, I'm more than just cleaning up my house. Right, right, right. And it was a big transition, yet every time I worked, I wanted to be home, huh. right? Right. So when so- I was in right. right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I felt guilty. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I, I should be home with my kids. I'm the one who gave them. I decided to have three kids for God's sake, not one. I had three. Yeah. And yet when I was home, it was like, oh God, I don't think I want to be here. <laughs> yeah. Just being really away. You can't give them away. <laughs> I remember my husband told me that when we had the first one and he was crying and colicky and I was all postpartum and he's like, he looked at me like really serious and he's like, We can't give them back. The hospital's (laughs) not going to take them, Linda. (laughs) He's a keeper. He's a keeper. Whether you like it or not. Like it or not. (laughs) So anyways, I just started getting involved. So just so happened that the following year, the PTA, it was in one of those lulls that nobody was getting involved and the same person kind of had been president for a couple years and god bless her she's a great person but was very harsh and so a lot of people were like i'm not going to help her you know then it becomes like personal it's not that they're helping the school it was like they weren't going to help her
0: Yeah. Um, yeah because the bigger picture is to help the students right yeah
1: right and so then just being involved, and then I became like the room parent. And it was just one of those things where it was like, ah, oh, adults, conversation. So that year, 2013, 2014, you know, I was like, I'm speaking more Spanish at this school in Downey Unified than I did when I was at Telemundo. And yet, all of our teachers, great teachers, but most of them are Caucasian. The principals are Caucasian. Nobody spoke Spanish. I remember being a translator. The the you know the all the Spanish speaking moms, it was like English speaking over here, Spanish speaking over here. And I was like, wait a minute, that's not right. Because even the the community here in Downey Unified was moving and transitioning, right? And it's funny because I was like, oh, this I get. And this I know how to help them navigate. And as a parent, I also knew, okay hey, this is the school district. They're here to serve my kid. This teacher's here to serve my kid. So it, it was just an interesting position I was in. So started to get to know people. The following year, 2014, the 14, 15 school year, I said, I looked at my husband and I said, I think I need to be PTA president. Nobody wants to do it and I got to step up. And he goes, okay. So I did. And then that opened up a whole different world. Then I would go to all these district meetings and district PTA meetings. And again, Jackie, I'm looking at these meetings and I'm looking at the seven school board members and I'm going, okay, nobody looks like me. Right. Nobody can speak the two languages I can speak. And they were all much older than me. Right. With no young kids.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Right. And I'm looking at all the administration staff, and I just thought, okay, I'm not, and Downey Unified's a great school district, and it always has been. It's strong, and there's not been a lot of turnover, so there's a lot of consistency. But there was just things that I said, Mm. well, why don't we have more art? Why don't we have more music? At this time, as you know, my kids started at the Colburn School. And so they were all playing music and strings, and I This is another thing that always got me is I remember being at Colburn and they said, Oh, does, is Aaron going to play with the school orchestra? And I said, well, his elementary doesn't teach. There's no music in elementary. And they're like, Oh no, the middle school, just call the middle school. And I bet you he can get excused from class and go over and practice with the middle school orchestra. And I went, Oh, I never thought of that. That's brilliant. Okay. So the next day I get on the phone and I call the middle school band teacher. And I remember saying, Hi, so my kid plays the cello. Da, 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 da. So, what period do you have orchestra? Because I'm thinking he's right next door. He can go. And she just starts laughing in yes. my ear. Oh my God. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. She goes, We haven't had orchestra in Downey Unified since 1987 or something oh like that. God. And I just went, oh, the high schools. And she goes, no. She goes, the high school has wind instruments and percussion. That's it. And you have the jazz bands. I said, so basically, my kids who are violinists and cellists, they're not going to have anywhere to play. And she's like, not in Downey. And that's when I kind of went, okay, Mm.
0: something's got to give. Something is amiss. Something. Yeah.
1: So... As PTA president, then I just really started getting involved and pushing certain things. So I'll give you an example. We used to have teachers who said, we don't want room parents who can't speak English. Room parents help with like the holiday parties, any kind of cutting, getting volunteers. And nobody would ever push back. So I would say, then I came in and I would look at the teachers and I'd say, well, then you don't get a room parent because you have a perfectly willing person here. Who can do it? And if they need to help translating, I bet you their kid can help you. And I think you should be grateful for what you get. And I stood up to the (laughs) teachers and was very honest. In Linda fashion. (laughs) Well, I remember I was in the workroom speaking with another mom and we're both bilingual, but we were speaking in Spanish because we were speaking about someone and we didn't want anyone to overhear. I love good Mexican American fashion, right? So this one teacher is standing in the workroom and she turns around and this is the teacher's workroom where they do photocopies. And she says, excuse me, but why are you speaking Spanish? That is not allowed.
0: Oh my God. To this day. Wow. This was, this was about six, five years ago. And
1: no, yeah, about five years ago. And I turned around and I looked at her and I said, one, we're speaking Spanish because we can and two, we don't want you to hear because this is a private conversation. So whether it's English or Spanish, you shouldn't be listening. And third of all, there is no rule that says Spanish cannot be spoken on this campus. So if you have a problem, let's go talk to the principal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, and I think a lot of it is, and I will say this. Your delivery always has to be professional. Yes. Whether they're very offensive or offending you or not, but the delivery has to be professional and stated clearly. You know this as a lawyer. And I think that's what kind of was able to have me marry the Spanish and the non-Spanish speaking families at the school where I gained the trust of the Spanish speakers. They, I, linda, tú sabes, yo te tengo una pregunta, this and that, and I would help them. And then I gained the respect of my English-speaking peers because they clearly realized I knew what I was talking about as well, and I I could express myself. So 2015, that summer, this was only after one year of being PTA president, And I knew I wasn't going back to news. I knew I had to be home. You know, our business was growing. But I looked at my husband and I said, I just feel like if I don't run for school board, I don't think anybody else will. And I feel like we need representation. My families out there need representation. The true sense of what that representation means. And so in twenty fifteen, I ran against an incumbent of thirty eight years on the school board. We were there and and, and yes, Jackie was knocking on doors with me. (laughs) I mean, we were putting up signs, we were out handing out flyers. Thank God my friends and family really came through and supported me. And Jackie, you were a big 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 supporter at the time I mean you were like let's do this people and it's so amazing to have friends like that who will back you up and support you and say what do you need what What? do you need so needless to say I lost that race and and again it was just a you know I'm running against an incumbent and there was another Latina who came out of the blue and ran for the position. Nobody knew her. She wasn't involved. She kind of was like, I'm just going to put my name up there. So it split the vote. And there was only like 800 votes cast. That's sad. This area has about 10,000 registered voters and 800 people decided the entire election. And it was mainly the seniors who were absentee voters at the time. So when people think that their vote, it doesn't matter, or my vote's not really going to make a difference. Uh, Oh, my gosh, it does. It really does. I mean, everybody's vote counts. Now, if you're going to say, if anyone's confused about the popular vote versus the electoral college, okay, that's a different conversation. But you're still voting for local officials. You're voting on propositions that will tax you or change your, your sales tax. I mean, there's so many things that people need to get involved and vote for. Exactly. And so it it irks me
0: cuando la gente se queja. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They complain and and they don't do something about it. All they do is right. complain, 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 complain. Right. And I will
1: even go as far as saying, okay, to my Latinos who are born here and they just don't vote, you have no excuse. You should be voting. To those who say, well, I haven't registered. You can do it online now. It's a piece of cake. To those who say, you know, I can, oh, I'm a resident. I don't, I don't have my, my citizenship. Well, have you started the process to become a citizenship? You've lived here 40 years. I think it's about time.
0: Yeah. Or you've lived here 20 years. I think it's about time. And then those um, said, Oh, well, I don't know how to read or write in English because I've, uh, all I know is Spanish. But if you've been for many years, I can tell you this much, that after being here in the United States with the age, re- fulfilling the age requirement, you're eligible to take the exam in Spanish. Oral and written. So there's no excuse. And your
1: ballot can come in Spanish as well. Or the language of your choice. Yeah. So there really, there's no excuse. Right. There isn't. This is, you know, a democracy. And whether you're, whatever your beliefs are, whatever they are, you know, it it comes down to voting on the nitty-gritty and what you want to find out about and get involved. So I
0: lost. <laughs> Back to me. It was beautiful though. I, I I'm gonna just interrupt there because it was it was synchro destiny for her to lose. And the reason is is because Linda and we believe in God, and I always say this I'm like, I know some may not believe in God, but what, whoever your universe is, whoever your divine is, the thing is, is that when you put your trust and faith in that divine, things happen so organically, and in this time, something beautiful happened because this is where you can find Linda's creative genius. So, you need to tell them,
1: thank you, Jackie, for that, because I
0: Do believe
1: that if you open your heart and you say, God guide me, tell me how I'm supposed to serve, and you truly open yourself to that, all you got to do is listen or let yourself be pulled. So the superintendent approached me after the election. Well, first of all, it was funny because a neighbor down the street told my husband, who told me, Linda needs to call the the incumbent who won and congratulate him because she needs to be the bigger person and this man was like 90 years old and and was a you know old downy as i call it been here forever so i did i called him i smoothed it over so that candidate basically gave the superintendent the green light to talk to me so superintendent calls me and he says linda during your campaign you're the you talked about having an education foundation in Downey Unified. And you're the only person who said this since I've become superintendent in the last three years. I want to help you. I want you to start a foundation for the school district. All I can promise you is that it's a lot of work, but I will give you all my support. And I didn't even hesitate. I said, done. Yeah. Oh my God, done. It was like, I remember we were sitting a a restaurant we had gone to lunch we didn't even eat because we were just talking the superintendent and I and it was like at that moment I went oh that's what I'm supposed to do I had spent from basically a month kind of you know you do you get in a funk and I was like god how embarrassing I lost and okay well I just continue you know and at that moment it was like an aha of oh, that's the purpose. Cause we all need purpose. Yeah. I will say it and say it again. We all need a purpose. And that's when I went, that's my purpose on, on top of my other purposes, right? I got lots of purposes, kids and husband and all of that. that's the other stuff. So we created this education foundation. Now here's again, Ed Foundations in Downey were unheard of. We have a philanthropist, Dr. Mary Stocker, who would give a ton of money. But it's her money, so she would tie it with what she wanted focused on. And she was a doctor, so it was always science and STEM and fabulous. But I wanted the arts. Yeah. And I wanted more college prep. Um, I wanted to help these kids focus more on all of that. Okay. So we started this foundation. I brought in people I wanted on the board. Jackie was one of them. Yes. I, I was like, okay, you, you, need your ad, you, need, you need your people, right? Yeah. Clearly, you need your people there to back you. But the superintendent suggested a couple of people. And I introduced me to a couple of people that are now very good friends of mine. But anyways, we basically started it with the objective of bringing in the arts, college prep, and health and fitness to the school district. And this would always be in addition to what the district does. So long story short, it just sort of formed itself where I really realized, okay, if we're going to work, we're going to work in the afterschool world. We're enrichment, And I understand that a lot of families maybe want their kids to play instruments, but they're not going to be as crazy as I am and drive them to Downtown. you know downtown LA two three times a week at Colburn for music lessons and pay the prices that we pay right? right but why couldn't they get something here and and then there was the other part where in Downey you know you have multi-million dollar homes and then you have section eight homes and apartments and and there's there's the have and the have nots in this community just like any community and but it's it's very very clear in Downey because I think a lot of it is very separated by the north and the south so basically we started after school in Richmond and the way it kind of fashioned was okay if I have four kids sign up, those four kids pay for the teacher's salary for one month. If I have eight kids sign up, now that's just the icing and the topping, right? If I have 10 kids sign up for this class, now I just have cherries on top. So my North schools always filled up. My South schools would have one, two, or they would be asking for like assistance, scholarship to pay the monthly price. So I said, well, if the north schools fill up and now there's extra, they help pay for the south schools. So suddenly I was able to give equity, right? I just sort of gave to everybody. I wasn't taking anything away from the north schools, but nothing was going into my pocket because this is a nonprofit. It's basically going right back to the families. Right. So we were sure that it would be equitable, it would be affordable, and it would be accessible. After school, on campus, parents could just come a little later to pick up these kids. They weren't driving them anywhere. And they were still safe behind the gate with us. So we started with violin. Then we dropped in early music, you know, from recorder to drumming. Then we popped in guitar then it grew to dance and soccer and basketball. And now we have visual arts. We we work with Cal State Long Beach. I mean, we did SAT prep courses. We started sending kids away in fifth grade. That was another big thing. It's like, why doesn't my community fifth graders get to go up to Science camp? All oh, these other kids you know that's the beauty about being at at Colburn is that I can hear what all these affluent neighborhoods are doing and then I bring it back over here that's right that's right so we started this foundation and and it's been very very successful of course we're having a tough year because of the pandemic we're virtual and so we've dropped a lot but
0: we'll be back yeah we'll be back and there's always you know you're just pivoting right now you know right. finding that there are different platforms to exist. right right i mean you you'll get back to campus to that kind of life and on top of that you're going to have a virtual component right what right right yeah.
1: and and i'm not worried i know it'll grow i know it'll get bigger and will be better so in in that you know the tightrope came where okay, Linda, the election's up and the incumbent is retiring. Are you going to run? And, you and know, at first, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, my first instinct was, no, I'm too busy with the foundation. I don't even want to run anymore. Like now I realize I'm getting so much done that I wanted to do for my community here. Oh. Why even go there? But I realized that my work, again, opening my heart, trying to figure out where I need to be, how I need to serve. Yes. And, and thinking, okay, I, I can see that I, I need to do this. I need to be there.
0: And you, need uh, to. you need to, Linda, yeah. because as you started off, you were saying that your three, I, I'm going to call them pillars, your three pillars of what makes you Linda. What makes Linda her genius is your work ethic, your common sense, and your ability to take care of things. And that's exactly what you're doing. And now, transition yes. as a politician, if you will, because it is a political, a political um, chair, if you will, you're doing that. And I commend you for that. And everyone here that is listening to this podcast, please, please, please understand that your vote does matter. Linda telling you, it matters and matters and matters. So November 3rd, we're going to vote, especially because this, the 19th Amendment gave us women the opportunity to vote. And, and just please do not uh, waste that. Don't waste it because things matter. You heard Linda say about there's only 800 people that voted when she was running previously. And she lost by a smith, not much. Yeah. yeah. So local elections, especially local elections, matter. So if yeah. anything, whatever you get from this podcast is vote.
1: Please, yes. please.
0: Yes. Yes. And, and get
1: involved. Um, you know, it's funny. Every time I, you know, and I think it's natural through life. We feel like what's missing or I'm unfulfilled. Or I'm unhappy, but I I can't put my finger on what, what makes me happy. And I've got to tell you that when I am involved, helping, right? You volunteer to raise money, feed people, um, educate people, inform people, and we can all do that. And yes, maybe that means you don't have as much spare time. Yes, that means maybe you can't, you know, binge watch as much, but if you get involved and give of yourself, there's no time to feel bad about yourself either. Um, and, and I think getting involved is so important because then you know what's happening, whether it's your kid's school with PTA volunteer to take care of i don't know box tops for god's sakes if that's what it is <laughs> right you know or volunteer to do something and it's just so gratifying cuz then you could say oh i was there i right. did that i know this teacher i know their name they know my face yeah. yeah and the look on your child's face of that's my mom right or that's my dad
0: yes.
1: um and it's not just schools for those of us who don't have kids i'm not trying to, you know, eliminate them. It it could be in your community, it could be through the city, it could be through your church. Yeah. You know, it could be anywhere. It's just it's just getting involved and that is so important. And I got to tell you, I've got I grew up in the house where my parents were like, mm, "Esta no tiene para nada, no tiene tiempo, you know, para su casa y ahí anda trabajando." Or you know, or they would me regañaban, "Linda, you know, hey, your kids, are your kids okay? You're over there, over here, you know? Yeah, yeah. My dad would have this joke where he'd say, no, Linda, ni tiene tiempo para rascarse las nalgas.
0: <laughs> Translation is she doesn't even have time to scratch her butt. <laughs> yeah. And and I would say, no, I can, I could do both, it's okay.
1: <laughs> but it's, it, it, for me, guys, it's, it's like, I don't know, it's like a high, it's, just feels good to yeah. to give and be busy it's, and to
0: yeah to be of service i mean it they, it's it's like what what is if it's if your life is not about giving and serving what is it about like what yeah. what is the bigger thing like and and you know we all find joy in so many different things but make sure that one of the the components of your joy is service is service And I think that, you know, here Linda is telling you, that that is one of her driving forces. This is what makes Linda, Linda. And I'm sure there's a lot of Lindas out there. Muchas amigas, muchas amigas who feel the same way. Don't give up. She didn't give up after losing to Laplante the first time. She didn't give up. Here she is again, running for the same seat. And guess what? She's going to get it. I know that. I know that. But she will only do, get that if you turn out to vote. That's the only yeah. way. Yeah. We need more leaders. Yeah. We need more, more representation in local and state and federal. We need more local. Rep- we need more representation, more, more latinas. You know, and I got
1: to tell you, I think it's important that we have Latinas. Yes. In office. Yes. And I'll tell you why. Because in a Latina or Latino home, we are the matriarchs. And we know how, I mean, honestly, it's just in our culture. We know how we have our men and they could be macho. And yet we still kind of rule the roost in our own clever ways. Yes, (laughs)
0: yes <laughs> right yes so, into our femininity that's
1: right bring that's right yeah. and and we can multitask mm-hmm. and I think our hearts are so large that when we do things we honestly do them for the right reason and I'm not saying that there's well, maybe I am saying that there's people who run for office who are not doing it for the right reason. I mean, we shouldn't be there just to benefit ourselves. Right, right. That's that's not why you should, if that's, if you think you're going to get something out of this, aside from feeling good, because you're working hard, then maybe it's not for you. But if, if you want to honestly help, you know, that's what we need. We need people there with the right intentions. Mm-hmm. So, i i I love what you're doing with this podcast, Jackie. I love these conversations. I love hanging with you with wine or without wine <laughs> Both either way. wine makes it funny though
0: fun <laughs> that's for sure. oh my goodness well my my love as we are ending our conversation, I always ask of my fellow interviewees. What tips can you provide so that amigas can handle their shit? Because we know you handled your shit. So why don't you give us maybe one or two tips? How do we go about doing that?
1: Wow. Okay. To handle your shit, ladies, you need to truly open your heart. Mm -hmm. Truly ask yourself, why do you want what you want? -hmm. And maybe you're asking for happiness. Why do you want happiness and how do you think it's going to bring it to you? A lot of times it's having that interview with yourself, that honest interview with yourself. And sometimes it takes a while for the words to manifest. But if you have that honesty of, you know, or, or I don't want to be angry. Well, why are you angry? Why are you truly angry? And what is it that you want? Dig it deep, deep, deep. Yes, yes. And 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 I know that you can coach people through things like this, Jackie, because if, there's layers sometimes to peel off and to find that out. But to to handle yourself, to say, hey, this is... This is me. This is what I want. This is who I am. You've got to do that. You you can't put it away in a little box and stick it in in under your bed, right. you know, which is what a lot of us do. We just kind of go, oh, I, I'm I'm annoyed. I'm pissed, and it's gonna go down there. You're gonna have to take it out if you really want to find that peace. Right. Right. So that's one thing, and and the other thing is. Please, please, please speak up. Yes. No se dejen. Yes. In terms of, and I have friends and family who do this, will be annoyed or hurt or pissed about what someone said to them, but they don't say anything. And then they go and they tell everybody but the person (laughs) who pissed them off. (laughs) right and honestly if you're gonna handle your own shit crap (laughs) your own shit you know you gotta say wait a minute no this is what I think because when you just complain about things to others all you're doing is is bringing them down I mean that negativity nobody wants it nobody wants to hear it yeah um, so I honestly I you know it's kind of like I, I was listening to you in an earlier podcast talk about the Me Too movement and I love it and I'm glad people are finding their voice, but I want them to find their voice at the moment. Yes. If possible. Work on it. It's not gonna happen. Not everyone has that conviction, not everybody has a personality, I get it. But work on it because if somebody does something to you, it's no. Or if somebody just says something that's incorrect, correct them. Yes, it's very important. Exactly. And through it all, be loving. I don't know, loving. loving. I mean, <laughs> I, I talk out of both sides of my mouth porque soy una regañona, and my kids, it's a perfect example. I'm like that tía or that. You know, cousin, get so regañona, but I give the best hugs and I love intensely. Yes. You know, and and I will say, you know, sit up straight or don't do that or hey, you don't talk to your mom that way, and then I will kiss that child and say, you know, you're my nephew, and this is why I say this because I love you and I love your mom.
0: Yeah, so you yeah. better respect them. Yeah,
1: yes, and so it's talking out of both sides. So you do it with love. But you,
0: you, you got to stand up. you got to stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Exactly. Well, I love our conversation. And we're going to have many, many more because we always do. And next time we'll be with you. <laughs> 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 <Love laughs> Thank you so much. And for I'm everyone yourself. out there, make sure you vote. The elections are around the corner. So please, please vote. Linda is running for Area 4. Of the Downey Unified
1: board, a truce, board of Trustees, Area Four.
0: Woo-hoo. All right. See yes. you next time as a board member. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you soon. Yes. We love you, my love. I love you too. Mwah. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.